Welcome to 15 to Life, the podcast that talks about life after life in prison. Come with us on a journey and explore stories from within the prison walls to outside the prison walls. All of these podcasts are dedicated to the victims of crime. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the podcast, 15 to Life, the podcast where we talk about life after having a life sentence in prison. I'm your host, Tito, and we're about to jump into the final leg of Interview with a Killer. This is part three. Please check out one and two. This is with my brother from another mother, Uso Ron, my Samoan homeboy from the pen, and we are still very good friends to this day. So this is the last leg, and this is really, um, just to, to get you ready, this is kind of after getting out of prison, right? Um, so this really dives into, um, you know, having that support system when you get out, <clears throat> talking about struggles, trials, and tribulations with work and getting injured and, you know, suffering from uh, the consequences of long-term incarceration, not to mention... Um, Ron did a lot of time prior to his prison stint, juvenile hall, CYA, right? So a lot of his years were really spent incarcerated. So to come out really not knowing what it is to be an adult in the fashion that most of us are used to, right? So anyway, we're going to go ahead and jump in. I hope you enjoy this final leg and kind of hearing about what happens after having a life sentence in prison and getting out now but you know yeah it, it definitely relates to how we are now right like making the best out of a bad situation and all that other stuff so anyway so 2009 beginning of 2009 you you get out right what happens like what what is freedom like after having a life sentence still going through the process going through the bullshit boom now you're free like how how does that cold air hit you in the face when you walk out yeah, it was it was really nice, you know, to get back with my um my family and everything. But I think for me, man, it was really rough because, you know, mentally um it was just different for me, you know, cuz again, I went to juvenile halls, YA prison, you know, and that was pretty much my whole life and now I'm home as an adult. And to this day, I don't even know what an adult is cuz I act like a fucking kid. But um <laughs> You know, so basically that's what it was. You just let a kid out, you know, and you're telling him to be an adult, get a job, pay taxes, take care of family, things like that. And I never really had any training in any of that, you know. So, but I, I went, you know, and I got my, uh, my uh, you know, permit to drive forklifts and things like that. I um, also uh, got a class A license you know, did that for a while, driving the big trucks and things like that. And, but then I liked it, um, you know, working in warehouses and just driving the forklift and organizing shit and things like that. So I said, fuck this, I'm going to go do, you know, that. And I did that for a long time. And then I got with a, another company that, um, that, you know, gave me good opportunity where, you know, I got management position and, so I was doing sales as well as managing the whole warehouse and I became, you know, one of the top salesmen and things like that. And so, you know, that all went good too for a while. Um, and then I got hurt and um, I just had a lot of time on my hands. So I went back to, you know, 
thinking and just, you know, dealing with the everyday stress and everyday life. And I think that's what a lot of people don't talk about. That's why I'm glad we're doing this. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of stress and depression that a lot of us go through that we don't talk about with other people. And that's what happened with me, basically. So, you know, I started going through this depression and just trying to figure things out. So I, I you know, I dab dibble dabbled in a lot of different things. I started a, um, you know, a little marijuana delivery service. You know, I just did a little bit of different things, never really out breaking the law or anything like that ever, but just trying to find my way, you know, in this world out here and um, speaking about things just kind of got me to deal with it a lot. So it's helped me, you know, and that's why I'm here with this now, but yeah, that's pretty much how it was um, getting used to everything. It's, it's been rough. Like as far as that, you know, I, I feel like I got PTSD. Um, you know, I have a hard time talking with people, trusting people, you know, like you see me on the internet, you think, Oh yeah, this guy talks a lot or whatever, but you get me in person and shit, I don't know what to say to you, you know? But, um, yeah, so I still deal with a lot, but other than that, you know, it was, it was a beautiful thing and I didn't want to waste it. I know I wanted to come home and do right and do something better with my life. So that's what I'm trying to do. Right. So no, and you hit on a lot of stuff. Uh, I want to kind of circle back to the <laughs> comment about PTSD though. Um, I've done, I think two or three podcasts on that. I even had a, a army vet who has a disability now, you know, and we were talking about how the things I go through, he goes through, there's all this crossover, but a lot of people don't think about ex-felons as people that would suffer from something like that so if you could kind of like talk about what what that means like when you walk in somewhere or when you're around a group of people or like mm -hmm. someone wants to talk to you and like you said like eh, i don't know what to talk about <laughs> like how, how do you feel it, it affects you as as someone right now i feel like you know with the whole prison experience jail and all that you know i i grew up you know in in in, in a in a shark tank, you know, but you just don't know the sharks are, you know, sometimes. And um, sometimes you just got to be really careful on who you talk into. And that's the type of environment that I grew because, you know, your opinion can cost you your life or, you know, your name, your respect, everything, you know, anything can happen, you know, just with your dealings with anybody in there. And um, I think, you know, the years of seeing that and seeing how situations were dealt with, like, you know, very violent, you know, people, you know, like I said, you know, we handle things with our fists, knives, you know, riots, whatever, you know, that's how we handled, you know, things and made sure that, you know, that was how we got our order, uh, you know, on the yard. And um, so it was just things like that. And I think, man, coming home, you know, after seeing all that, I mean, I done seen people get stabbed, throats cut, all kinds of crazy shit, or just people playing games, you know, people just not you know, you know, being real with you when you're talking to them and, you know, they're just trying to get something from you. So, you know, I kind of apply that out here in the world too. You know, it's, it's not really that much different out here. It's kind of cutthroat out here too, you know, in the streets, but, you know, if you really want to change and, and do something positive in this world, you, you know, that's one thing that you have to drop is, is the judgments of people, you know, and, and thinking, you know, they're going to do something bad or whatever, you know, and that's something that's hard, hard to do for me. 
you know, it's hard to trust. Um, so I carry that with me a lot. <clears throat> no, that's, those are great points. So, so with that, you know, like, um, and, and y'all listening, you're not going to be able to see Ron, but we'll, we'll, we'll drop the links and everything where you can see him, but, uh, you're all tatted up. Right. So, you know, unless you're wearing a turtleneck and long sleeves yeah, and everything, yeah, you know, yeah, you're going to, you're going to stand out a little bit. Right. So has that had any effect? I know in today's world, a lot more accepted. Right. But mm-hmm. have you found yourself being singled out because of your tattoos and, and other indicators that may kind of point towards a past? Um, no, not really, except when you're dealing with law enforcement, like law enforcement, they know, you know, prison tattoos versus street tattoos. So they're always studying your tattoos when, you know, looking for something that stands out to them. Um, but when I, you know, when I did get into sales, you know, one thing that they, you know, they had me wearing, you know, the long sleeves and things like that and trying to cover up, you know, as much as I can, the tattoos, because, you know, who wants to buy anything from a guy tatted all up? That's the way they looked at it as far as their company, right. you know, goes. So, you know, I was okay with that because I understand, you know, but other than that, no, I didn't really have no problems. I know growing up, you know, going to YA and coming home and I had a few tattoos, you know, I was judged a lot back then. Back then, you know, you were looked at like, yeah, you're trouble. You're, you're trouble. You got tattoos, you know, you're a gang member or something. But um, nowadays, so many people have them, you know, even, even officers, cops and all that, they're blasted neck yeah. down, you know what I mean? So, you know, but like I said, yeah, if, if I get, you know, in contact with law enforcement or something, they know, they look at my tattoos, they know, or someone who's done time, you know, they've, they'll look at it and they'll know too, like where you've been. <laughs> yeah. So, so since being out, have like, like you talked about when, when you got out, from YA, you had a few violations and everything. Have you had any violations since coming out this time on this life sentence? Oh, no. Yeah, no. I came home and like I said, I got a job right away and just started doing what I was supposed to do. And like I said, the only thing I problems I was having was the internal, you know, my, you know, you know, dealing with the, the bullshit that goes on within my head. Other than that, you know, I felt like uh, opportunities were there for me and you know everybody everyone's been very helpful in my life and you know my biggest support group is my wife and my kids so you know for me I don't I don't really ask for much more after that you know I just do me you know no definitely so yeah. same same question like uh what I asked about juvenile hall and everything so you got a life sentence you get it overturned you finally parole you know, dealing with, you know, what's going on in your head and everything. What, if anything, was offered by the state as a parolee to like help you cope and reintegrate back into society? Yeah, um, I remembered having that that conversation with my parole officer. And uh, basically, they they said, we don't have nothing. Um, They pointed me to uh, papers that were put up in their office. That's it. And that's where I found uh, getting my, my trucking license is I, there was a p- paper posted there of a school that was offering people like us a chance to drive, you know, diesel trucks and shit. So that's, and I just basically called them and, and got them rolled right away and 
you know, went and got my license and it was, it was cool. You know, I like doing that, but that's pretty much it, you know, as far as, you know, dealing with counseling or anything like that, none of the above. Um, they just basically uh, took pictures of me, told me, you know, if, if you, you know, be straight with me, I'll be straight with you. You fuck up and you, you, you disrespect me. I'm going to fucking do your ass. That's all he said to me. Now get out of my <laughs> office. Yep. <laughs> yeah. He also asked me, do you smoke weed? And I, I guess he could tell because I mean, I, I went there straight blazed and he was just like, you smoke weed? And I said, yes, sir. I said, um, do you, do you want me to stop? And he said, nope. I just want you to go get your, uh, your doctor's permit or whatever. You know, why you smoke weed? That way when I come over, I don't got to sweat you. You know, he felt like I was doing better that way. You know what I mean? It helped me right. with that. So basically that by him just saying, go ahead, you, you know, just get your thing or whatever. And I ain't going to sweat you. That helped me a lot, you know? So. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how long did you do on parole? Uh, damn. How long did I do? I, I feel like I did two and a half, two and a half years on parole. I actually got off early and that's something that's unheard of. Um, basically my parole officer, he was a gang task force type, you know, pro officer. And um, he never had no problems with me. I was one of the best guys on his case. So, so when he, he retired and all that, when he left, he left this big old thing in my file, you know, saying that I should get off parole early and that, you know, never, no problems, nothing, things that I was doing while I was out. And, um, you know, so basically this new pro officer that came over, he told me, he said, you know, they're having a hearing for you and um, your old pro officer recommended you get off early. He said, but he's all, don't, don't worry about it. It's not going to happen. That's what he said <laughs> to my new parole officer. So I said, yeah, yeah, for sure. I understand. I heard that that never happens. And then he came back like a week later, maybe 10 days later, he came by and he's like, yeah, he's like looking around, like, like he's doing a checkup, went out in the backyard. He looked around back there. We walked back in. And then as he was walking out my front door, he's like, oh yeah, one more thing. Um, you've been off parole for about 10 days now. <laughs> That's what he said. He said, we're just doing one last check. He's all congratulations, you know, good luck. And he walked out. Simple as that. You know what I mean? Simple as that. Like in the paperwork came in the mail, discharged, all that. So yeah. Nice. nice. Yeah, it was really cool. I was doing what I was supposed to do. I'm, well, you know, yeah, so on that note too, right? Because this is something I found with, with, with a lot of guys and, and it's like, to me, it's the two extremes, right? You either come out with this severe chip on your shoulder, fuck the police and, and you know, I, I need to get over on them or it's like, I'm gonna just do what I gotta do because I don't want to go back. And it's like, I rarely meet someone in the middle. It's always like, hey man, I'm, I just did what I had to do and someone else is like, oh, they're always sweating me. Like, nah, you're doing stupid shit, right? So with your history, and, and for any of y'all listening that don't get it, I'm painting a picture here. With your history, everything you just said, all the shit you went through from 12 years old up, up to a grown-ass man, how the hell you didn't get violated and you got off parole early after going in with a murder beef? Like, how was that mindset shift? How did that happen? Um, family support. Yep. I, I, you know, I like to say that, you know, I made a lot of good decisions and I have, but 
I know that I, I don't feel like if I didn't have anyone believing in me, if I didn't have someone like rooting for me all the time, there's been times that I wanted to just say, fuck it. I don't even care. Prison's a lot better than this bullshit out here. You know, I've gotten to that type of attitude, you know, and where I just gotten so down where I just felt like prison would be or death or anything would be easier than just doing this. It takes a lot. So, you know, for someone to step up, take care of their family, to be responsible, to, to be a father, to be, you know, to be a supporter of their family. So it takes a lot, but, you know, it also takes, you know, someone to believe in you and to support you in that same way also. So I had a lot of support and I give, you know, thanks to mainly that. Um, but for me too, I, I just don't like prison. I never liked it. I never liked <laughs> jail. And I think at the time I was too young to figure out, you know, that, Hey, you know, like the reason why I keep getting locked up is because one, I keep going back to the same shit and two, I keep drinking, you know, it's not good for me, you know? And, and, and that's basically it, you know, just staying away from the old friends, staying away from the old hangout spots. Um, you know, just because I, I'm broke today doesn't mean I can't, you know, make money the right way. I remember I learned something from this guy that was my celly. He was a bank robber and um, he hit hella banks all through Northern Cali. And, um, you know, he would just hit it for the thrill of it, too, at times. But, you know, he, that's how he got his money. And I remember him telling me, hey, Ron, man, you know, all these banks I was hitting this whole time. I never once thought that I could just go get a job. He, and, and that hit me, man, you know what I mean? Because that's the mentality we have. You get stuck in something that you just think that, you know, this is the way it is. This right. is the only way it is. And so, yeah, for my part, that was changing that mentality is realizing that I can do something different. You know, I, I put a lot, enough energy in being negative or, or enough energy in just, you know, hurting people. Why not? try to, you know, put good energy into helping people and, and trying to change, you know, your life and, and people around you, others' lives in that way, you know? So that's basically it. <laughs> yeah, no, and yeah. Per perfect segue. So, so talk about what you're doing now with your YouTube channel, your Instagram, like tell us about 30 to life. What is that all about? What, and what, what does it give you? Right. And I'm not talking uh, any financials or anything like that, but like, right. how does that serve you today? Yeah. So, um, like I said, I went through a depression period and, um, you know, uh, my kids suggested that I talk about it, you know, about, you know, things that I go through, things that are on my mind, you know, to talk about it, you know, just turn the camera on and talk about it, do a video. Um, because I just always felt like I, that no one else understood what I was going through. So like even talking to regular people, to me, it just wasn't helping me because there's no way they can understand. And um, unless they've been through that, you know. And so I turned on the camera, started talking, started doing things like that, just telling my stories, things I've seen and um, uploaded it to YouTube. And just, you know, I, I think the whole decision to upload on YouTube for me was for me to get over my 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 judging myself like i i didn't like the way i look you know what i mean i didn't like the way i sound i didn't like a lot of things about myself and part of 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 getting a better attitude and changing your life is 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 really starting to care about yourself and love yourself and i think for me i didn't do that for a long time 
So I would say, fuck it, just throw it up on YouTube. I didn't care if I shaved, I didn't care about nothing, you know? And I started seeing the feedback. People were saying like, hey, hey brother, I, I go through the same thing. Cause PTSD was like one of my first videos back then. Or, hey brother, you know, I like your stories, man. It really helps me. I've been through a lot, you know, duh, duh, duh. And so I started getting that type of feedback and that really just gave me more of a drive on why to do it because I realized that I wasn't alone, you know, cause I always said I was alone. I always said people don't understand what I've been through. People don't understand what I'm talking about, but here it is, you know, with the internet and all YouTube, you know, you get that bigger reach. And so, you know, people, they understood. And I think that's why I do it mostly, you know, is for those people that, that always contact me and say, Hey man, I changed my life because of your story, you know? Right. So that's what I want to do. So it turned out to be at first it was therapeutic. And then now, you know, now I feel like I'm also getting that therapy, but I'm also giving back and, and helping people like I always wanted to do, you know, just kind of change my whole story around, change my whole life around, you know? do something with myself instead of like looking in the mirror and not liking what I see, you know? So, so, so on that note, if you could talk to a younger version of yourself, what would be that message you would tell young Ron? Um, I'd probably tell young Ron that it's okay. You know? Yeah. I would tell him that it's okay. Because a lot of time I put a lot on myself. I always think that, you know, oh, I need to live up to this or other people's expectations or even my own, even my own, you know. So, you know, I think that, yeah, younger Ron needs to understand that it's okay and that life is a bitch sometimes, you know, but you got to keep going and, you know, you, you know, you can do so much better with yourself. Don't look, don't look down on yourself. Good, good. What about... What about someone who's kind of in that, that sweet spot you were in back 12 years old, like getting involved in the stuff? Like, what, what would you tell them? And I'm going to say it as, do you even think it would matter? <laughs> for me, I, I don't think it would have mattered back then. I think for me, what, what would have mattered for me back then is someone would have sat me down and asked me what the fuck's going on with you? What's wrong? Why are you acting like this? What's happening with you? What are you so mad about? You know, why are you violent? Yeah, I think, I think that's what I needed back then. I don't think I needed someone to tell me, hey, Ron, you know, you're going to end up in prison if you keep doing this. Hey, Ron, I already know that, you know what I mean? I already know that, you know, so, and maybe I want to go, maybe I want to just self-destruct. So like, you got to talk to people and you just say, hey man, what's really going on with you? You know, what's up with the outburst? Why, you know, can I help you? Can I, you know what I'm saying? I'm here to listen, you know? Yeah, I think that's what I needed back then. Perfect answer, and uh, I'm just gonna jump off into something real quick. On that note, is is uh, I recently did this whole DEI thing for work, diversity training, and all that, and that was something that was brought up when someone said, you know, well, what do you, 
you know, instead of going to the black person at work when you're dealing with Black Lives Matter and all this stuff that's going on, you know, this is almost a year ago, right? And um, she said, don't go and say, what can I do for you? Ask, how are you doing? What are you going mm-hmm. through? And, and uh, I mean, that's why you said that. And I was like, wow, I, because that was the first time I heard someone say it like that. And I was like, that's so true. We're always so quick to try to tell someone what they need to do versus what the hell are you going through, man? Like, let, let me understand before I try to tell you what you need to change in your life, right? Because I think that's, that's why a lot of times we aren't receptive because someone's trying to force their ideology down our throat versus understanding why we're doing what we're doing in the first place, right? So, yep. Yep. awesome. That, that, that's good insight. So you said your, your, your family has been like the big supportive thing, the thing that has helped you get through everything. What do you think you'd be doing right now if they weren't around? Do you think you would have stayed out of prison? Do you think you'd be doing something else? Where, where do you think you'd be right now? Prison. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that's, and, and that, that's kind of where the leading questions about, you know, what was offered to you when you got out of each situation to help you. Right. Exactly. Uh, I think we both know without that support and it, it doesn't have to be financial, just someone, like you said, I believe in you. Don't worry. It's going to be all right. You know, just knowing that um, I, I found, yeah, a lot of people that that's what keeps them going back in is everyone's telling them what they can't do and how they're going to go back in. So they do. Right. Yep. Um, so if you were in my shoes, what question would you be asking you? How can we help them? The youngsters, the ones that are getting caught up in this bullshit, the gang life and especially young boys, you know what I mean? Like they're trying to discover who they are. They're trying to become a man in this world. They're trying to you know, make their mark in this world. And I think that, you know, a lot of young boys don't have enough male figures, father figures, you know, uh, good leaders, you know, like in the nineties, we had good, you know, somewhat good leaders, you know what I mean? But like, you know, I'm talking about like people who go back to the communities and, and, and help those, those young people who are trying like to figure themselves out. Let's help them figure it out, you know, not push our ideology of what they we think they should be, but just ask them, you know, like, hey, what do you want to be in life? And, you know, maybe we can start from there. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, what's going on with you? Why do you choose the gang life versus family life? You know what I'm saying? Let's start from there, you know? So yeah, what, what, what can we do to help these youngsters? What can we do to reach them? Because um, telling my stories, you know, I'll reach a couple people, maybe one or two will hit me like young person, <clears throat> right. hit me and say, man, you know, keep doing what you're doing. You know, I'm young and you know, you're making me think about my decisions. But most of the time, a lot of the youngsters are like, you know, fuck you, fuck you, OG, you know what I'm saying? You, you know, and that's how I was, you know, when I was young, I was like, fuck you, OG, you don't know me. You know what I'm saying? It's your old ass. But what you got to remember is that these dudes went through what you're about to go through, you know, so because the system's the same. It hasn't changed. You know, you break the law, you go to prison, 
you put out, you, you live a violent life, you may die a violent life. So, you know, it's, it's always the same. The karmic rules are the same, right. you know, so, you know, the laws are the same. I mean, they might change a little bit, but they just want to incarcerate you no matter what. You break the law, take your ass to jail. And they have life sentences that they hand out, you know, so... Yeah, you know, I think these people need to start thinking <laughs> about their future. <laughs> and people like us need to help them figure that out. Agreed, you know? agreed. And you're definitely doing that with your channel and, and with what you put out there. I mean, it's definitely good vibes, right? Um, so if out of YA you got your shit together, so to speak, where at least you didn't go to prison with the life sentence, do you think you'd be who you are today? I wouldn't change nothing except a few things. Well, actually, you know, when I think about my life, I'm, I'm glad I went through what I went through. Um, I just wish the circumstances weren't the way they were as far as like, you know, having a victim in my case, you know, like, that, that, that's the kind of stuff that I wish that in order for me to learn a lesson, why did it have to take, you know, someone to lose their life? You right. know, like I would have rather have learned my lesson a different way, but because I went through with what I went through, you know, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for who I am today. And I don't think I would be who I am today if, you know, it would have went another way, like versus YA. Who knows? You know, there's always that question. You know, maybe if I would have stayed in school, maybe if I wouldn't have hung out with these type of people. But whatever. You know, I think, man, that where I'm at today, I'm a much better person. So, you know, if that's what it took, and to get what I have today, like with my family and my children, you know, all of that led up to this. So, yeah, I wouldn't want to change that. You know, but yeah, like as far as the victim goes and things like that, I wish, I wish that never happened to them. You know, I could have learned a different way. Right. But, yeah. No, definitely. <clears throat> so, I mean, yeah, <laughs> you hit an accord with me because I feel the exact same way. Um, you know that. Um, I, I also want to stress a point that, that's been talked about a lot during this time is, is you know, support but also being able to vocalize you know what kind of what we've been through so in all this kind of you know the growth process the support process and everything and 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 reaching out and and doing what you're doing with your channels and everything like like if you could get one message out there you could have a billboard with anything on it what would it be <laughs> stay the fuck out of trouble <laughs> um you know, you know what, man, don't be so hard on yourself. Um, you know, I think for me growing up, I was really hard on myself, you know, thinking that I was worthless all the time. So, you know, don't be so hard on yourself. If you're young and you're growing up, you're making mistakes, you know, and, and you're just trying to figure things out, you know, just know that that's what life is about. Um, try to be good to people, you know, you don't want to be hurt don't hurt others. You know what I'm saying? So, you know what I mean? And there's always people out there you could talk to, you know what I'm saying? Like you can reach out to me, you can reach out to Tito. 
there's other people out there that are doing the same thing we're doing that understand what you're going through, you know, and are willing to take the time to even just email back and forth or, or hop on a phone call or whatever. All right. So don't be so hard on y'all selves, man. And, and you know what it is. Stay the fuck out of trouble. Very good. Last one. Um, and, and this is something I talk about a lot. So I just, I just want to hear your, your insight. I, I frequently tell everyone, you know, um, tomorrow isn't promised and live today like it's your last day, right? So if you knew that tomorrow wasn't coming, what would you be doing today and why? I would be, uh, you know, just hanging with my family, man. That's what I would be doing. Um, and, and I do that almost every day. So, you know, I appreciate everything I have in my life that I see every day. So, you know, my family would, would, would definitely be the people I would be with spending my time with. And I wouldn't, you know, be spending my time regretting the past, you know, just, just looking at what today is and being happy with what I have right now. I think right. that's the best way to look at life. You know what I'm saying? Even if you weren't dying tomorrow, you just never know. You don't. So True. like Tito said, live every day, you know what I mean? Like it's your last, you know what I'm saying? So those you love, the things that are important to you in life, you know, cherish that shit, you know, because it don't last forever. Yep. No, it don't. Yep. Um, so last thing, let everyone know where they can find you. YouTube, Instagram, where where you at? How, how can they link up and see you? Yeah, so you can hit me on my YouTube channel, 30 to Life. Um, I'm Uso Ron. And then uh, if you want to hit me on Instagram, I'm at IG uh, under 30 underscore to life. And then, you know, that's pretty much all I have. I mean, I have a Twitter and Facebook, but y'all don't want to go on that, man. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yep. Uh all right, well, one last, one last, this is going to be the, the bonus round right here um, that I might throw in or whatever later. But um, so, because we got a shit ton of stories and I could do another two hours just on stories, but um, I want to talk about the day S and I went up in my cell and me and PJ were working in the kitchen and you came to deliver the notice that they was coming oh, like shit. Yeah. So I remember um, that. <laughs> just to preface it, this story, uh, I have the, the fortunate luck of being one of the first people caught with cell phones <laughs> in prison. And um, Ron was the one that came to let me know that I was about to go to jail in jail. Right. So <laughs> yeah. Tell me because hell we haven't talked about this in forever, but like, what was Man. that like seeing it on your side and then, what job were you doing that you were even able to come and like tell me and I'm locked up in the kitchen and everything. So yeah, go ahead. Man. So, um, man, I don't, you know, don't want to give up the, you know, yeah. the connects, <laughs> but, uh, you know, a certain somebody, you know, who, who knows a lot what's going on, basically let me know that the gooners were coming and, um, and who they were going after. So, you know, we were on the list. And uh, so basically I had that certain somebody allow me to get outside, you know what I mean? To get to you 
and let you know. So basically, I that's how I got over there. And I got over there and I remember I was yelling to people because it was hard to get you. You're always way in the back working yeah. and shit. So I remember I had this find people. Hey, you know, Tito, you know, Tito, anybody know Tito, you know, and finally got someone to go get you. And I remember telling you about like, yeah, they come in, man. And, um, you know, so you good. And you were like, mm. I remember you telling me like, basically <laughs> you're like, I don't know, you know what I mean? And then you shot me a kite to take, I think. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, yep. I, I remember you asked me, you were like, anyone owe you anything? And I was like, yeah, I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. 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 I went and collected all that though. <laughs> uh, that's hella funny. But yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what happened, man. And yeah, I had I had to put my shit up too. But yeah, you, they got you. I remember. Yeah. And yeah, no, it's it, it's just a trip because you know, in prison, it it's its own little community, right? And yeah. you know you develop relationships just like you do on the outs. And yeah, to your point earlier, you know, you're always looking at, is this a real relationship or is this fool just trying to use me or whatever? Mm -hmm. And I like to think that after we had the same attorney, we kind of just clicked and it was just, we was cool ever since then and been that way for, you know, almost 11 years now that I've mm -hmm. been out too. So um, I've always appreciated our relationship and everything, but it, I look back and I think, and like when I tell people stories that involve the two of us in prison, people are just like, what the fuck? And I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah. I, here, let me tell you about like 10 more. And they're like, damn, and I'm like, yep. I'm like, man, we we were doing things, had each other's back, but, but at the same time sticking to the political script, you know, yeah. and, and everything else. And it, it's just a trip you know, you, you mentioned a lot about, you know, what we go through, you know, internally from depression to like, damn, I, I'd rather be dead or back in prison. It was just easier. Like, I, mm -hmm. I don't want to deal with it. And I think people, people don't get that. You know what I mean? And um, to your other point, like, if someone was talking to a younger you, they come at it from a stance of they're trying to tell you why it's okay versus asking you why it's not okay. Right. Right. And, and like, I'm not going to lie. There were times and people think my life has been all fucking roses and, and candy and shit. It hasn't, you know? And I think I would think a lot about, fuck, I had a better in prison, man. I was yeah. fucking the man. People came to me cause they needed shit and I could get it. You know, I'm not the man, not out right. here, you know? So like, how do you deal with that kind of shit? Because you had it good in there, too. <laughs> <laughs> I made more money in prison than I did out here. Crazy. I know. And um, I, I had a better, like, as far as, like, I was able to take care of my family better, you know, as far as financially. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I think, man, if anything, man, freedom is, is very important to me. But at the same time, I look as, like, if I didn't have really much, I, you know, my family, is my main focus, you know? So if I didn't have that, I don't know where I'd be. I mean, I would have to find something else to focus on, you know? So, but yeah. So how do I deal with that? I remember before I got out of prison and I was talking with my wife and she said, 
we were just having a regular conversation about things I've been through in prison and, you know, what I was doing and versus, you know, when I come home, what am I going to do, you know? And so she basically told me, well, you need to understand something, Ron, that, you know, no one, not our neighbors, not nobody is going to know about the respect you have in prison. No one's going to give a fuck about that. She told me straight up, you know, so, you know, you're going to be just like the rest of us and you're going to have to, you know what I'm saying? Like, get yours the way you're supposed to get yours. So basically how she believes, you know, how she lives her life. So, you know, get a job and, you know, pay your taxes and because all that respect shit and who you were and what you could do for others in there, that don't mean shit out here. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean nothing, you know. You got to come out here and you got to put in your 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 work and you got to get out there to take care of your family, man. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big difference, but I'd rather be here. Freedom's important to me, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> what, so, so what's that like, like getting the, getting that reality check? You know what I mean? Like, like no one gives a shit about it. Like no one knows, no, no one cares. Like, it, it hurt. Yeah, you want that, and and mind you, you see that in movies too. Like people get out and they don't have it, so they go back in so they can be someone, right? And right. So how was that getting that reality check? Like, yeah, let that shit go. Yeah, well, when she told me that, you know, that kind of hurt, you know, and I <laughs> I thought like, yeah, we'll see, you know what I mean? When I come home, you'll see, you know, but you know, and I was like I said, I was having a little hard time transitioning. So when I got when I was working. I still acted like I was in prison, you know, I was still checking like other people and shit like that. I, I, I got into, you know, things like that at where I, I would check my boss, you know, for talking to me a certain way, you know, and I, I started realizing that, you know, like that these people don't think like I do, you know what I'm saying? So I need to really like start understanding where people were coming from, you know, and so, I, yeah, that was kind of hard to deal with. You know what I'm saying? Like, just the respect level out here is is really different. People are really quick to just be, you know, foul mouth towards you and and not really think about any consequences. Because in, in, in the penitentiary, you know, you say something foul to somebody, like I said, it can probably cost you your life or at least, you know, get your, you know, your shit split. You know what I mean? So you know, out here, people run their mouths without no consequences. People do things without no consequences. Like, you know, as far as disrespecting other people, their neighbors, their family, whatever, you know, so I had to get used to that, you know, understanding that no one gave a fuck that I was knocking fools out in the pen or, you know, no one cares about that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll call the cops on you, get your ass locked back up. You can go knock out some more people if you want. You know what I mean? So, I care about my freedom. I care about my family and want to do something different. So, you know, I had to change a lot of ways that I thought, you know, I didn't realize, I really thought that that's the way it's supposed to be. We're supposed to respect each other. We're supposed to do this, do that. And like, if you're, you're my friend, you're supposed to be loyal and, you know, but it ain't like that out here, man. It's not, it's really cutthroat. Even in the workforce, you know, you're, you gotta be, be careful who you're talking to at work. You know, your coworkers will fucking, they're, they're cutthroat. They'll fucking, you know, turn you in. They'll snitch on you. They'll do all, you know, people want to get, uh, you know, get a one up on you all the time. So, you know, it's, it's, 
different, no consequences. So you kind of just got to let it go. <clears throat> yeah, no, great freaking points. And I agree 1000%. Um, anyway, we're going to wrap up. I appreciate your time, brother. I uh, love you to death. I love you and the family. Give my love to Much everyone. Love, and, you know, everyone, please check out 30 to Life. Um, great content. You know, he, he, he's like the adult phase. I'm the little kid in the, in this uh, social media stuff. So go check them out. Um, and, and you'll see some more collabos in the future. Yes, sir. All right. I'm going to cut. Hey, what's up everyone. That wraps up the final leg of interview with a killer with Ron Rath, my Uso, my brother. Um, I hope you all enjoyed it. If you have any comments, questions, or anything, please feel free to, you know, drop that or shoot that over. Um, you can also, we'll be putting this up on YouTube eventually now that I have the whole thing out on the podcast. Also, don't forget, I, I said it at the end, but I'm going to reiterate it. Check him out on his social media platforms. He's doing a lot. Um, inspirational, motivational guy. Um, so once again, I hope everyone out there is safe, doing well. And I love y'all. Be safe. All right. Bye-bye.